0: All right, everybody out there in listen around, welcome back to episode 58 of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, as always, Tucker Maryhugh, and with my co-host here, Steve Nassar. steve we're back for a solo show. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Tucker. You sound a little under the weather. Hopefully, you're able to pull through this with us.
0: Yeah, as I told you before we start recording, having kids is like having Petri dishes running around your house. They get sick. There's a good chance you get sick. And for some reason, they seem to get sick a lot, and I don't know why. But I've got some Advil cold and sinus from across the border, so I'm all hyped up and feeling good enough to do the show. So Cool. Well, let's do it. Let's do, it. Let's it. do yeah. it. So we've been a while. We had a couple of great guests on our last couple shows, and so it's been a little bit since we've kind of talked about what's been going on with you and me. Obviously, we've got the Market Action Report to talk about as well also, but before we get into that, why don't we catch up our listeners on what's been going on with you and, and maybe PPG as well.
1: Yeah, so there's a ton going on. And as you acknowledged, we really haven't talked about ourselves and our business for a while because of just a variety, you know, the holiday season, we had a lot of weather issues, and then we had a few shows back to back to back, I think, where we didn't really do that. We just went right into guests and the best of masters as well. So yeah, there's a lot going on. We're actually really, really busy, and I'm super excited about that on a personal front, my personal book of business is really popping. I noticed it and make no mistake. We had a pretty quiet third quarter, especially December and especially on the listing side of things. I was feeling like we just weren't, you know, getting some good quality listing leads and having a lot of activity in that department. And then come the first of January, that really changed quickly. I mean, Here now, today, it feels like almost every day we're getting a lead or two, a good, solid listing lead or two.
0: Hey, not to cut you off, but I kind of felt the same thing. Do you think maybe the combination of such a polarizing, I don't want to dwell on it, but a polarizing election and then holidays, seemed like people hit the pause button a little bit for a while there. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And the pause button might have even been in late summer, Tucker. I mean, I feel like, because you're right, it was such a polarizing election, Riveted people, a lot of uncertainty, and you know, feels like a lot of people just weren't thinking real estate, or it was definitely on the back burner. And I think on one show, you even kind of alluded to this where you kind of predicted by the time the election was over, you know, November 9th or 12th or whatever that day was, you're almost to Thanksgiving, so it really wasn't a chance. And truth be told, after the election was over, I think people were like scratching their heads going, "Okay, how's this going to be? I think many people were pleasantly surprised, you know, how the stock market reacted and some of the other things that came of it. interest rates started to climb dramatically as well, if you recall. So, yeah, now come January, I think finally you have that that opportunity where all that is behind us and throw in there, by the way, some funky weather, too. Oh yeah, and not just one storm. I mean, multiple individual separate storms. One of them, which lasted a week, finally. Now, I was going to say that actually kind of, kind of broke up our momentum. After the first of the year, we were getting lots of phone calls, lots of positive activity, and then that next snowstorm, the most recent one hit, didn't really change the fact of what people wanted to do, but it definitely delayed your ability to help them in that regards. Fortunately, in the last week since that storm, we're really starting to feel some traction occurring. I've got several good solid listings coming on the market, as I'm sure a lot of other agents do. I'm working with a $1.7 million seller in Lake Oswego on the hill there with some gorgeous mountain views. It's got a guest quarters. It's just a really cool place. We'll be hitting the market in about a week on that one. I think I told you in fact we've got a calendar appointment tomorrow Tucker I've got another listing in West Lynn with river views it's actually there's two properties there one's a house it's an older home that will be sold as is and then there's a buildable lot next to it that you and I are meeting at tomorrow where hopefully you can help me understand you know the marketability of it and the you know the pros and cons and some pricing and just wrap my head around that and by the way, as a plug to you, anyone out there, any of our great listeners or agents out there, when you have a lot or developable piece of land, by all means, if you don't have a great go-to Tucker out there, then then go to Tucker.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, yeah, in other any- words,
1: if you don't have a good a good developer or builder friend or go-to person, then use this podcast and reach out to Tucker and say, you know, this is what I've got. I'd love for you to help me make heads or tails of it and understand, you know, how to price it, who my target buyers are. You've done that with me a few times, Tucker. And unfortunately, thus far, a lot of them just haven't been as great as I thought they were out of the gate. And to be fair, the seller thought was going to be out of the gate. And one thing I respect about you is you're pretty good. You're really, really good at educating the seller in a, not in a salesy way. Like, you know, here's going to be the challenges. And when you walk away and you basically, (laughs) a few of these times, especially the last one, that one lot there in Dunthorpe that was like basically a ski slope with a bunch of vegetation on it, you're so tactful and basically saying, you know, if I summarize what you said, you basically said this diamond in the rough that you think you have is is basically a turd, but you (laughs) did not say it that way. I mean, I left there going, okay, yeah, that's, that's what it is realizing what it was because it was just such a steep lot and the access to it and just the desirability of it. But you articulate it so well. You educate them, you go, you know, here's what it's gonna to cost to do this and here's what it's gonna to cost to do this. And in the end, this is what the product would look like. Here's what that finished product would market for. When you build, you know, pull out the costs to build, this is really what a lot like this would go for. And and even at that, you know, there's not a huge pool of buyers of builders who want to build that type of house. So well, anyway. not, to plug, not to plug myself, but actually after you left on that appointment,
0: the guy talked my ear off for another 20 minutes in the driveway. And we ended with, you know, maybe someday hopefully we can do business together. So you're right. I didn't turn him off by telling him that his diamond in the rough was potentially a turd. You know, he, he actually, we shook hands, high-fived, you know, whatever, and it, it ended well.
1: So. Actually, the part you don't know is he was pretty guarded with you coming there. When I first went to the listing appointment, I told him, I said, I've got a really good friend. He's a fantastic builder. This is his bread and butter. He builds high-end homes here in Lake Oswego and Dunthorpe. And in fact, at the time I told him, you're building one right down the street from him. You know, he was kind of like asking some questions like, well, you know, I think he was kind of in his mind thinking, okay, he's trying to, you know, maybe give his buddy a good deal on my place. And, and, you know, I addressed that. And then I left there and he even said, 'Cause we left there and I said, Let me schedule with Tucker to come back out here and, you know, get his assessment of this property. And we left there and within a day or two, he reached out to me and he goes, Hey, I think I'm gonna put that on hold. I want to get a couple other opinions on what we have going on. He then reached out, I followed up with him a couple other times just to see what he had going on. And then three weeks later he goes, Yeah, you know, let's just get your builder out here and see what he says. So he was guarded going into that, and you were just so good at, you know, having it, you know, a make sense conversation that Clearly was, you know, the facts of the matter and resonated well with them. So, yeah, you did great there. And so, anyways, we're going to another one tomorrow. Hopefully this one's not a turd. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it has potential. so you know. Good, good. There are some nice homes around there. And the access, well, it'll be interesting. The access could be from the bottom. So I'm curious to see what you have to say about that. Anyways, a couple other things we have going on. I had a deal last week. We're going to talk about this later in the show when we talk about the market action report and, you know, the current state of the market. But I even posted about this on Masters. I did have a deal last week. You know, there was a lot of buzz and, you know, press and, you know, scuttlebug about, you know, Donald Trump pulling the FHAMI reduction. Well, it did smack dab affect one of my transactions. We had a client last week she'd had an offer place. I don't think it was even accepted. Thursday night, inauguration was Friday, and she was talking to my lender late Thursday and barely were the numbers gonna work. I mean, the the lender was finagling some things and finally got the client feeling comfortable about the offer they were making and their ability to make it work. And then sure enough, Friday, the MI, and and she was quoting the MI change. I mean, this is a mortgagee letter. You know, there was, some people on master saying, Well, why would you be quoting that? Didn't everyone know it was gonna change. Well, what do you quote then? <laughs> yeah, you gotta
0: quote something. You gotta right?
1: quote something. And 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 why would you quote a worst case scenario? There's a mortgagee letter that states the MI is changing on such and such date. So she was quoting that and the next day the payment changed. I think it was, you know, seventy some dollars or so. But you know, to the, a person like that, that's a lot of money. And if you add it up annually, that's eight hundred dollars a year. That's like having free homeowners insurance. So I mean it, it is something.
0: So, you know, the mortgage insurance on FHA is about as fun to pay as a kick in the you know what. So, you know, (laughs) I get where she's coming from.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So fortunately, we've saved the deal. And what saved us was they loved, loved the house. And so there is a happy ending to that story. But that was interesting. It's always interesting because, you know, a lot of people read this stuff. And when you live it, it's always, you know, an interesting story. So. And then another thing, it kind of pulls over into the PPG brokerage side of things, but this was kind of cool. Have you ever heard of CoreFact? It's a marketing company that does postcards. Yeah. We use them through our platform. They put out a product that basically you can mail out to a listing or to, I mean, not to a listing, to an area, a farm area, and it will customize the postcard so that on the postcard it says each individual person's name and address. On the back, it'll show a map and it'll show their house as well as some recent solds between them. It sets up a little site that they can then log into and they can see the value of their home and some comps to their home. We've been beta testing this on our marketing platform here at PPG so that when any of our agents has a new listing, they can dial up you know, in 60 seconds, go on the marketing platform, order everything they want, including now just listed, pending sale and sold postcards. I do 500 of them around the entire property in that area. And it's automated. So by me clicking that, somebody on the back end, as the photos are coming in, they're putting it together and they're sending me proofs. I'm saying, yep, and then they're sending them out. So we use CoreFact for the just listed postcard. And what was cool is then you get a report. As somebody logs in and looks at their value on that property, each one of those postcards has a unique registration, so you get to see who actually logged in and checked out their value. So I know you do a lot of direct mailing. I, you know, you get a lot of this stuff. I know you can see the value it. So rather than just sending direct mail and then wondering what happens, and success is only when your phone rings, you actually can see that somebody logged in and checked out their value. This is where it even gets cooler. and This is my newest realization. We found a company that you can actually give an address to. I don't even know if you knew this, but you can put an address into it. You pay for a service. You put an address into it. It gives you phone numbers. Do you do that? Have you heard of that? Yeah.
0: Well, I won't say it on the air, but we've got a super secret free service that does it too. But it's not probably as accurate as the paid one, but it's very cool. Yeah. Especially if you've got people with good phone skills to be able to utilize that information.
1: So I've been beta testing this just listed postcard. I got the data through CoreFact that there was a few hits. Some people, this is a listing of mine on Skyline. It just went live about a week ago. And we just sent out a just listed postcard. And I see that a few people checked out their value on it. So I have researched through our marketing backend the phone numbers. I call them. The first phone number I call, the guy answers. And I just kind of introduce myself, say, you know, I just listed a house in your area wanted to reach out to you tell you a little bit about it and see if you know anyone looking to sell in the area yourself and he goes yeah actually you know we're looking to do something in about a month we're not sure where we're going to go we're still a little ways out we had a little bit of a conversation and he told me to follow up with him in a month i'm going to be ordering a welcome package a seller welcome package to be delivered to his house here shortly in fact it actually i think we ordered it today I should get there tomorrow i'm pretty stoked about it i think it's an amazing service it's an amazing way to go about not only farming a new listing, but actually, you know, getting some traction with people interested and then being proactive with that. So stay tuned for that. Again, we're beta testing this on our marketing platform. And I think, I think within a month or two, we'll be rolling that out to all of our agents so that whenever they list a property, they too can automate some just listed, some sale pending and some sold postcards going out around it. Yeah, that's uh, really
0: cool. I I wonder when you send out the postcard, right, and it drives them to essentially log into a site to check their value and get some comps, does it capture their email address or does it give them the option to put one in? Because that would be really cool if it did, because then you could almost, you know, do a warm, you know, welcome email before call kind of thing or see if you get some correspondence. Because some people, they correspond better via email, you know, before getting on the phone. Some people don't, but It would give you that option, so that would be a cool like kind of middle step there that you could have some people on your team do like that. That's just what I would be thinking. We obviously do a lot of farm area marketing. That's what we do, and I you know at my house I get a lot of those types of postcards to try and drive you in with a you know source code or whatever, and then it obviously lets you know whoever's paying for the marketing putting it out that somebody's logged in. But it'd be cool if you could get their email address if they're willing to give it because then you got kind of a an in-between step and another point of contact potentially to drip market them to try and turn them into a customer at some point.
1: Oh, I totally agree. I would love to have their email address. It doesn't do that. My guess is they've tested it and that turned people away. Yeah. I think, because they're pretty well-known. CoreFact is, they're out of the Bay Area and I, they have a pretty good following. I talked to a lot of big producing agents all over the country who, who use it to some degree or another. And I think they've done a lot of research on you know, what people cool. are willing
0: to do. They could customize it for you. This is just never never Neverland talk, of course. But if they if they could customize it for like you as a realtor, and maybe you could create like a you know seven steps to selling for top dollar guide or something, and it's almost like an upsell, but it's not a sell. But then they could put in their email to get delivered that. That might be a way to convert people
1: beyond just logging in. Be kind of cool, but anyway, I'm just spitballing here. But no, no, no. I think it'd be awesome if they could figure that out. What you can do is you can text people though. With their phone yeah. number. And text is pretty powerful. In this day and age, we use a lot of text. I was at a, an event recently. It was a real estate event. And there was a lot of big agents throughout the metro area there. There was a special event hosted by Lawyers Title where they brought in some of their top agents. At one point, you know, the presenter was talking about text messaging and the power of text messaging. And he even said, he goes, how many of you have checked your e-, you know, This was 20 minutes into the presentation. How many of you have checked your email since you've been in here? And, you know, a few people raise their hand. He goes, how many have checked your text messages? Almost everybody raised their hand. He goes, that's the power of text messaging. It goes to a portal that people are far more likely to look at and respond to than even email does. So,
0: yeah. You know, what I've heard is kind of the new great untapped frontier, we'll call it, is Facebook messaging, utilizing that in a tactful way to connect with people that you're trying to build a relationship with. So I think that people might start to see that, you know, be an inroad to, you know, doing business with people as we kind of move into the future here.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting. So on the PPG brokerage side, one thing that was cool that happened last week is it actually happened a while ago. The newest issue of Realtor Magazine came out. This is the magazine that is put together by the National Association of Realtors. It's a national magazine. I think a printed copy goes out to every realtor in the country they actually interviewed me about 2 years or 2 years 2 months ago and they told me that it would be coming out in the January issue that just came out this last week so it's online and it's in print it kind of goes to very similar theme as this show it's kind of like the theme of it is how are you you know a big producing agent and owner of a large brokerage and how do those two things work together and that's really what the subject of it is about and it turned out really really well i was very pleased with how the interview went. It was a really fun interview and I was honored to be able to kind of share my story. It's got a lot of my background in there as well. So That's that was cool. kind of cool. It came out this week. We also here at Premier Property Group just opened up our Lloyd District office. i talked about that happening in the past few months. That officially opened up in early January. Really, really cool space. It's right off the 84 exit at the Lloyd exit as you're heading west into town it's right across from a park there the max line goes right in front which i didn't realize this at first but as i've spent a little bit more time there now that we're in the office it's pretty cool how max comes through there's a big you know row of windows along the entire office so all the exterior offices have a window and the max line just runs right along it so it's very very it's got a very very portland feel as you're sitting there and you see max come through it's very iconic in that regard. It's kind of cool. Did you say you were going to move down to that office at some point, or are you going to stay? I, where I have at? a, I have an office there, and I haven't yet started spending much time, but I will. I will probably be spending about thirty, forty percent of my time there. Certain days of the week, really helping grow that office. It's closer to where I live anyway, so it makes sense in that regard. My team's in Lake Oswego, so I can't fully move down there. But and my team's going to stay in Lake Oswego, so I got to spend a decent amount of time with them. But There'll be a few days a week where I'm there and, and I'm definitely gonna try to add some energy into that office and definitely build it up. We're pretty excited. It's really our first true downtown location. And we had a Hollywood office. We've actually, this moved from Hollywood District to there and Hollywood isn't really downtown. So, whereas this has much more of a downtown feel, including parking that you get to pay for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, downtown, that's a downtown but, feel, all right. ability to validate that. And we've got a lot of, you know, creative ways to make that not the nuisance that it is but hey that is downtown if you want to be downtown those are some of the things that you you deal with and there's a lot of real estate brokerages downtown that are familiar with that so wrapping up you know PPG's been hiring a lot of great agents I'm meeting with several large teams I met with one yesterday I've got another appointment later in this week like so recruiting type appointments yeah, yeah we've got, actually we've come got up, a yeah. lot of people that are reaching out to us and we've just got some great momentum in that direction so that's been good and then the last thing I'll leave with, well, I got a couple more things. Jeff Wyron, he was on our show last week. He was recognized as PMAR's Realtor of the Year. That was pretty exciting. Wow. Great guy. We're so, so fortunate to have him. We've only had him for about, maybe it's been five, six months now, but awesome He's addition to our Definitely tour. the most knowledgeable guy I've ever
0: talked to in terms of contracts, RMLS contracts. Guy knows his stuff. He's yeah, smart dude when
1: it comes to that. And he can articulate it well too. Very, very. A lot of times you have, you know, those contract attorney types that are really, you know, really good with legalese and law, but they're not quite as good at at putting it into words that most people can grasp. And he does that well. And then the last thing that I've been working on a lot lately is a brand new website for the company. And that is starting to get some really good momentum. We've got some, we're pretty far in the process. I think we're probably. 45 to 60 days out from actually putting it up and launching it, but starting to get really excited about some of the creative ideas we're putting into this and some of the content and some of the visual. Some
0: of the new functionality that maybe you're adding that wasn't previously in the site, anything in particular?
1: We're going to have a really cool video on the homepage that we put together, we pieced together. We're going to have on every page, on the various sections that you're in, At the bottom, there'll be like a rotating carousel of the other options of that section. So, you know, if you're like in the buyer section, it's got some of the compelling reasons to buy with our company. When you scroll to the bottom of that, whereas some of this is a little harder to describe, that's okay. Whereas the menu kind of pops up when you click on it at the top and you you see all the options. Well, once you click on an option, as you scroll down the page, when you get to the bottom of the page, There's a carousel of all the other options available so that you can see it. So it's pretty user-friendly that way. It's really visually appealing. It is mobile-ready. It's fully responsive. So that's been great. It's going to interwork with Boomtown. We use a lot of Boomtown, which the agents that are within our company can use the IDX provided by this company, or they can have it connect to their Boomtown so that their Boomtown contacts and searches all work very seamlessly with the website. So yeah, it's going to be good. Sounds like it. That's what I got. Cool. Well, you got a lot. You got a lot going on.
0: <laughs> it been a while. Well, I won't take it quite a, as much time so we can get the market action report. Not that what you talked about was bad by any means, but just so that we can get actually get to the market action report. You know, we've had a lot going on actually over the last few weeks. So a lot of pre-development stuff. A lot of times where I wanted to punch people straight in the face from dealing with the city and all the challenges that come with that. But I won't dive into all that today because hopefully we'll resolve it. Nobody at the city is listening. I don't want to call them out because then they may not help me to the fullest extent that they need to so we can get projects done. But we're making headway on some good stuff in Lake Oswego and then finally getting ready to break ground on our Dunthorpe project, which is great. But kind of most notably, last week we had kind of a big event here. It wasn't an event, but a big thing that happened, I guess, in our world. So for the last three or four years, we've had a lot of TV production companies kind of romancing us, wanting us to do TV, but they wanted us to do it within the box that they create in terms of the show idea. And I basically said, no, 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 we're not doing TV unless it's my show idea, we're not doing it because if we're going to put that much time and effort into something, obviously we want it to be something that fills a void in the market, something that hasn't been done yet, but that I know would do really, really well. And most of the production companies and networks aren't all that intelligent when it comes to the ins and outs of the real estate business and what could be framed in a way that's both educational and entertaining. Anyway, point being is we finally got a TV production company that heard me out, and was actually excited by what I told them. So they they spent the money and they actually flew here last Friday and they spent the day with us and got to know our operation and really dove into you know, show concept and what that might be. So this week they're actually in pitch meetings with a few big networks, A&E being one of them, CNBC being another, and a couple other notables as well. But if they decide to, you know, green light the idea that I've come up with, we'll see. We might be shooting a show in 2018 and the end of 2017, but we shall see.
1: Wow. CNBC would be huge. They've got great content on that. I watch a lot of their stuff. I love The Profit. I don't think they produce Shark Tank, but they play it a lot. Love that show, obviously. They've come out with a couple new ones as well recently that I think there's one billion billion dollar buyer, yeah, buyer, which so is they wanna, kind of like the profit. I think there's a few. I love American Greed, obviously. <laughs> that's a that's, that's an, an interesting show. show to watch. So they um, want to obviously get into the real
0: estate space, on yeah. CNBC. But it has to be both. You know, the concept behind the show that I came up without going too deep into it. It's profit like right. It's educational and also entertaining. The only, you know, I like the profit personally, but not everybody wants to run their own business, right? So it doesn't appeal to everybody. To you and I, we love to chill, right? But to the average person that maybe isn't interested in running their own business, eh, maybe they watch it, maybe they don't. The advantage with real estate is, you know, everybody's at least somewhat interested in real estate, right? That's why, you know, even the half, you know, horrible house flipping shows do okay ratings wise, because everybody's, you know, everybody's chasing the American dream, which well is everybody the,
1: lives in a house. So they yeah, can relate it. one way or another. They can relate to real estate, even if they're not buying the house. They know what it's like to live in a house and they know what, you know, a kitchen looks like and what it looks like when it's great and when, when it's not great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway, we'll see. But this is about as far as we've got with anybody. And, you know, they flew out here on their dime and spent the entire day with us and kind of went through the ins and outs of our operation. And, you know, we sat down and Tried to figure out what parts of it we could kind of frame on camera to make it both entertaining and educational. And so it, it could be really cool. So we'll see. If we go to TV, I said, you yeah, look, man, it's, we're going to do it. It's going to be a hit. Otherwise, we're not doing it. So Yeah, we'll no kidding. No
1: <laughs> kidding. Awesome. Well, so, I, I'm rooting for you. I hope it works well.
0: Yeah, it should be cool. Kind of in the, in the trenches front. I was actually out at one of our projects today. And, you know, I know that there's probably some bleeding heart type people that might listen to this, but just put yourself in my shoes for a second before you start getting all super judgmental on me. But we were out in Southeast Portland and we have a, I won't call it a homeless camp. I'll call it a tweaker camp that popped up, right? Like a half block away from one of our projects that we're getting ready to finish up. And it's, it's not even a camp. It's more of somebody decided that they're going, well, not somebody like five people decided that they're going to live in a pickup truck and live on the side of the road where they've got like suitcases where they draped a tarp over it. And they're obviously in their truck. I, you know, they're doing some illegal activities within their truck, which I caught them today, but they've been there for better part of a week now. And for whatever reason, the police haven't ushered them out of there. So I've got my project manager kind of shaking down the police today to try and get them to move along before they decide to make it a permanent fixture. But You know, it's something that you, unfortunately, you got to think about these days when you're doing projects in Portland, because, you know, we go to sell this house. I think we've had this conversation on the show before. But if you have a a large, you know, homeless or no good population within, you know, a stone's throw of a house that you're trying to sell, whether it be your house or whether a listing, you know, that you might have, Steve, it factors in, you know, it, it creates a negative for sure. And it's just a negative that doesn't need to be there and it shouldn't be there. And so anyway, we're in the process of trying to get this to go away. But, you know, that's the downside of, I guess, having lax rules, you know, that we've had for the last couple of years here in Portland. People just feel like they can do whatever they want in terms of, you know, I think I'm going to live here for the next week. And, you know, it just doesn't do good things for the neighborhood. And, and most of the time, I'm not going to say all the time, but most of the time, especially these people that are there in front of our project on Southeast 74th, they're pretty much no good in nature. I mean, they're they're not doing anything good, right? People can't sit in their car all day long for five days without being under the influence of something, because most of us would be like, man, we got to go somewhere, we got to do something, <laughs> right? Like nobody just sits in their car for five days with five people. Occasionally gets out, and stretches, and adjusts the tarp or whatever. And oh so boy, I, it's been interesting, but we'll see. I'm I'm hopeful that the police will do what they need to do and usher them along their way. But beyond that, we had one other big event that I wanted to brush on real quick. We actually, I mentioned this on the show we did with Steven, but we released our first app build that we did in the world of real estate. And so it's called the Driving for Dollars app. And it's something that we have done a lot to kind of canvas our own farm areas over the past you know, five, six years. And so we basically create custom lists of people that we market to that we think would be good fits to sell to somebody like us, whether it be you know, a redevelopment play or whether it just be a straight build play or whatever it is, or a remodel. And so we've been able to you know send custom marketing to people that we think would be a good fit to sell to somebody like us. Well, it's a little time intensive in terms of the back end work that needs to be done in order to get the data in order to market to these people. So that what the app does is it basically you're driving down the street and you have an overhead view of the street and you can just tap on the houses that would be a good fit. And once you, you know, build your list, it runs the list, it pulls all the owner information, it merges it all in a CSV file and it's mail ready. And you can just bam, do your direct mail to get them, you know, to hopefully stimulate a conversation with some potential leads, you know, whether it be a listing or whether it be to buy. So we launched the iOS version, which is, you know, the iTunes version. Android's not far behind it. It's done really well all across the country for obvious reasons. It's really cool. But we basically took something that we do in our business and we simplified it or we we got rid of the inefficiency in it and now we've made it available to everybody in the world. So pretty cool.
1: That's awesome, Tucker. I did see that. And it's a great, great idea. So are you guys monetizing that somehow? Are you selling it or is it free or how does that work?
0: Yeah. So the way it works is you basically, as of right now, it's only for iPhone. It will be for Android here shortly, but you basically go into the app store, right? And you search for driving for dollars app and you download the app. It's free and you can actually pull five, you know, property owner information reports for free so you can kind of give it a test drive and figure out how it works and then after that you just buy as much data as you need to build your list so we sell the data in blocks of a hundred essentially so mm. if you want to build a list of a hundred potential prospects you buy the hundred package if you want to build a 500 you know prospect list you buy the 500 package so you know for us it's worked great and it's working great for a lot of people all across the country so pretty cool it's been a, a long time in the making building this thing and getting it built right but we've got a great data provider that provides the data. And we've got a great app builder that did all the coding and building of the app. And so we're super stoked to finally get this thing out into the world.
1: Your video of it was cool. It was really well done. I think you used your drone, obviously.
0: Yeah, we did. We used the drone. We actually had a, there's a thing in the drone where you can get it to follow the car. So it was actually following the car, which is pretty cool. So our drone is our new toy. So we use that in the promo video for
1: it. It was great. We love drones. Here at Premier Property Group, we use drones on so many listings i mean not everyone but as many as we can and yeah they're just such a great way to showcase things in a whole new new way and it worked great for your for your video it really you know pictures worth a thousand words a video is you know worth a million and to have the aerial footage showing the driving and then you know how it works and what it does is it was really well done so cool, yeah, super cool. so that's pretty How's much your... go ahead How's your townhouses in Lake Oswego? I think I mentioned to you, in fact, I'm going to give a quick shout out to Tom Wilzer, one of the agents here in my office. He's just down the hall. He informed me here, it was a while ago, I want to say it was a month, it was before the holidays probably, that he had made an offer on one of those townhouses. He was excited to be for the opportunity to work with you and he said great things about the process thus far. How are those going?
0: Well, with the exception of wanting to punch City Lake Oswego in the face about a few things, they're going great. So, you know, they <laughs> The weather and the challenges with the city have pushed us, you know, a few weeks behind schedule, but other than that, they're going great. You know, him and his buyer have been great to work with and we're shooting for completion date here of sometime, you know, beginning to mid-March and they're going to be a great product and we're really happy with how everything's turning out. But yeah, we're, we're plugging along. The snowmageddon didn't help things either though. You know, everything kind of came to a halt for a while. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: So if it roils our businesses on the real estate side, I can't even imagine on the builder side. I mean. Because we can at least sit in a snowed-in you know house and call and, and email and do some stuff. We're probably not showing homes. We're probably not going to listing appointments. But there's not much you guys can do. <laughs> no, no, not
0: not much. So yeah, things are going well. So that's, that's pretty much the highlights of what's going on with me. So let's segue into the market action report while we still got a few minutes here. So interesting report, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it was clearly a slower 2016 than 2015. The data is definitively in and supports that. I do think in our local area, I mean, I don't know if you knew this Tucker, but when they were talking about the weather, they're basically saying on a national level. I saw a few reports from the like the weather channel on a national level, meaning of all, you know, the entire country, Portland was having the worst relative weather to our locale than anybody. In other words, you know, obviously there's people with more snow and more ice, but they're used to that. Like a deviation
0: from the norm, essentially.
1: Yep, yep. And the most cold spells and and the most ice and the most snow. And so there's no way that's not going to show up in the numbers. It did affect some of December. We had a little bit of it then. I think January's are going to be even worse for that reason not necessarily worse than december but they're going to be worse off from what they would have been otherwise i think that definitely plays a role here a lot of things were down pending sales were down from december 15 as well as from november of 16 quite a bit actually they were down 9.2% from a year prior they were down 22% from the month prior new listings it was interesting were down. though New list, yeah. New listings down thirty one point seven
0: percent from the previous month. Right
1: before, yeah, yeah. That's a big number, and I bet that has a lot to do with the election. I think you know that was right in that time period when people weren't calling their agent, going, "Hey, let's get my house on the market." They were just kind of feeling things out and watching, you know, what was going to happen. I will say again, I mean, January is off to a good start for us, so I think this is a little blip in the figures. My take on it, Tucker. And I've said this a few times on our podcast. I truly, truly think interest rates are going to go up. They have. And I think this will continue. We're seeing it and we're reading about it that wages are up dramatically. Unemployment is low. It's under 5%. That has been the tight job market has now put an upward pressure on wages I've personally experienced this in, in the hiring I've done for my team as well as the hiring we've done for the company, Premier Property Group. So when wages are going up, that's inflation. Inflation is very, very bad for mortgage interest rates. You can't have inflation creep up to 2 3% and still be loaning money over 30 years at 3% or you know 4% even for that matter. So I think interest rates are going to continue to go up. And by the way, when house prices go up, that's inflation. <laughs> and we've been seeing house prices go up. When houses that were a couple years ago, 300, are now 400, 450, that's inflation. So it's everywhere around us. And it's going to affect mortgage interest rates. The Fed is on it. They're saying they're going to you know raise the Fed funds rate. So for that reason, I do think... Right now, here and now, as people are watching this and as word is getting out there to the consumer and to the buyers and sellers, for that matter, people are rushing to do real estate transactions before it gets too bad and before the interest rates get too high. I predict we'll have a good solid at least six months through summer, maybe even longer as people are just running, trying to grab the interest rates they can get. And I think also in our market, I think we're feeling the pent up demand from the bad weather too. you know, just because it snowed in early January doesn't mean all those people out there who decided, you know, over the holidays, it was time to downsize or upsize or make a move doesn't mean that changed in their minds. So they now are, you know, everything's thawing and getting back to normal. They're acting on that. I think we're going to have a really, really good run of people scrambling to do real estate deals for a while. And then at some point that's gonna, you know, have played out to some extent and we'll all kind of awaken. And I think interest rates are gonna be closer to five percent, maybe even into the fives. And, you know, you and I've joked that's not a horrible interest rate, but it is much higher than three and a half that we've had for quite some time or four. And it also definitely, you know, affects pricing on homes, those same homes that, you know, had a certain payment at Four percent or three and a half percent now have a much bigger payment at five five and a half percent, so that's going to affect you know how many people can buy that home. It's going to affect price reductions they have to make. So I think for the near term we're going to be really really good as that frenzy occurs. I do think there will be some kind of letdown at the backside of that where the new norm of higher interest rates will set in and kind of. Kind of be a little wet blanket on the market. I don't think it'll be a dramatic, you know, fall off a cliff by any means. But what do you think? I agree with you. I think that the new normal might be
0: around 5% for interest rates at some point this year. But with the dramatic decrease in new listings, obviously that's echoed in the much lower, you know, inventory numbers too that came out. So we had 1.3 months of inventory for December. 2016, which basically means we're starting off 2017 at approximately the same point we were 2016 in terms of inventory. So, you know, I I think that that's going to be the biggest factor in, you know, home, I guess, appreciation or pricing, you know, just the ability to find suitable housing, right? The less there is on the market, the more the seller can demand and just the more competition there is to buy it. And so, you know, I don't know. We might have mentioned it before, but I think maybe contingent activity might pick up, you know, where people are making offers, but they've got a home to sell, you know, that might pick up this year because that inventory number is so low still. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this year plays out. It'll be interesting to see if it's basically a reflection essentially of last year or if there's, you know, an inflection point, a changing point, you know, maybe somewhere halfway through the year where... You know, maybe inventory does start to rise and interest rates do too. And if that's the case, then yeah, I think you're right. I think the market, I don't think it's gonna fall off a cliff, but it'll definitely soften to what extent, who knows, you know, wish I had a crystal ball, but I don't so, but those are kind of things that I guess I'm looking ahead and saying, well, those are at least possibilities for the marketplace. I think a couple things of interest, you know, cause this is kind of the year end report that we got for, you know, December. So basically December, 2015 to December, 2016. The highest appreciating part of the Portland metro area was Hillsboro and Forest Grove came in at 14.1%, followed very closely by my favorite place, North Portland at 13.6%. I was being facetious there, obviously. But an interesting number in this report that wasn't in previous was Lake Oswego and West Lynn also jumped by 13.4% over that 12-month period with an average sales price all the way up at 614000 So. We talked about on previous market action shows, that number percentage-wise was smaller than some of the other areas of town, but the price point was higher. Well, now that number's higher and so is the price point. So I don't know that Lake Oswego and Westland have much more room to run. I've looked at a couple projections. You know, the national talking head economists predict that we might see a 5%-ish increase in home prices this year in Portland. I think it's going to be spotty in terms of where that happens and just don't see Westland Lake Oswego having much more room to run. And I operate there. Obviously, it benefits me if they do, but I just don't believe that that's going to be the case. You know, North Portland, the average sale price up there is up to 380 now. I don't know. Maybe it has a little more room to run up there if people continue to want to buy there. I personally don't, but hey, people do. And, you know, Hillsboro and Forest Grove, they, you know, had a 14.1% increase year over year. And they're at, you know, 335,000 for the average sale price. So maybe there's, you know, affordability wise, you're a little farther out, but that's, you know, your price is lower. So interesting stats for sure. But there was a number of places, one, two, three, five, you know, I guess, areas of the greater Portland Metro that saw over 13% and a bunch of others that came in in the 12s as far as year over year appreciation. So those are pretty big numbers. And. I look at those as unsustainable numbers, Mm -hmm. but definitely big numbers nonetheless.
1: Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. And, you know, I, I also heard something recently somewhere that, you know, for a while there, Portland was the hottest city in the country. But, you know, as they gauge, usually, I think through moving van lines, you know, where most people are migrating to. I did hear officially that that was no longer the case in the past few months, that it's like moved down the list a little ways, like maybe third or so which was interesting to me that, you know, and that's to be expected. Make no mistake. I mean, you're not, you're not going to stay the hottest ticket forever. So I think Seattle um,
0: might have jumped to the top if we're looking at the same list, but
1: yeah, I forget who moved up there, but yeah, that was also interesting
0: for sure. So, you know, all, in all I think we're, we're starting off the year about the same as we started off last year where it goes, you know, I guess we'll have to break out our crystal ball in the next <laughs> market action show and, and figure that one out for everybody. Yeah. Well, those are all the notable numbers I saw. Anything else that jumps out at you or we pretty much cover it
1: all? No, I think we're good. I think you covered it really well.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I think with that said, unless you've got any parting words of wisdom for our audience, I think we could probably put a bow on this week's show and call it good.
1: I think it's good. Yeah. No, I think it's great. Cool. All
0: right, guys. Well, this wraps up our show for this week. We'll be back either next week or the week after with probably a Best of Masters because we got to have Joe back on. It's been a while since we've chatted with him. We always enjoy doing those shows for sure. So. We'll ping him and try and get him lined up. But that wraps up this week. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.